Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. Now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show.
Welcome to Win in Burbank. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am Miss Sadie Burbank. I can't believe it. We're at our final episode. I know, huh? It's for you people out there, because we didn't mention it in the last episode. It was actually a decision that was made in between recordings. I was going to say, we didn't know it ourselves to no. mention it no. at the time. It was something we decided, as you say, between episodes. Uh, so, though this is going to be the last one in Burbank, this will not be the last, you know, David K. Montoya as Sadie Burbank podcast. Or as Sadie Burbank, David K. Montoya podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Who has issues about billing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it won't be because... What we know, right? Is that what we're calling what it? What we, we think. What we think. What we think. What we think is going to be Yeah, the not new. what we know, because we don't know shit. <laughs> okay. What we think. We'll be replacing uh, Winnebago Bank. Plus, we're going to have... It's going to be more structured, is the game plan. That's the game plan, yeah. Because I made a list. Remember I said I'd make a list of topics, possible topics. Because the, the hope, if I... If I I'm reading you right, and you're reading me right. The hope is for us to have weekly discussions about specific topics and what we think about whatever those topics are. Like, uh, we talked a lot about movies, but a specific, for example, type of movie, like, uh, I mean, a type of movie discussion, for example, we could have a discussion about... Um, um, old versus new movies, uh, musicals, mysteries, horrors, animated, film noir, uh, actors and actresses, comedians, comedians, uh, triple threats, um, theater viewing versus in-home viewing, television shows, authors and books, directors, musical scores, and that's just movies. Um, from there, I came up with other other ideas, theme parks, and other activities, <laughs> electronics, Ooh. which includes everything from cell phones and computers and television sets to websites and so on. Restaurants, foods, good, bad, and ugly, uh, healthy, not healthy, whatever. Uh, drinks, alcoholic or not. Uh, and that's when we could do our How Long Does It Take Grandma to Get Soused episode. <laughs> um, shopping online versus brick and mortar. Um, methods of payment. Because today, that in itself is, is a whole wide variety of... I mean, there's... It used to just be cash or barter, basically. Right. <laughs> and, of course, it's, it's not now. Exercise, I came up with pros and cons, types of, places to, so forth. Um, information sources, like who do you trust? Newspapers, TV, radio, mags, online, word of mouth. And see, I came up with more, the way to separate the, the, um, the show. Yeah. And the first one I have is, is, uh, the email back, and I thought it would be fun to see if we can bring the listeners in. And I say, also have look at this is so funny. Topics for listeners for, send in requests. Yes, and that's essentially what it is. Our brains are too much alike. That's scary. 
And what we would do is they, you know, once a week send in a request for whatever. Mm-hmm. We address whatever they request, you know, just mm-hmm. in that amount of Acknowledge time. Acknowledge the request. Yeah. And, and, you know, and say, you know, Sadie Burbank from the Spirit of California. You know, I mean, we actually say who they are. So they, their name gets put out there. Right, right, right. So-and-so requested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another one I think is a good one just because it seems like it's really happening a lot. Um lately i don't know about in general but i was thinking about covering once a week of who's passed you know as far as like famous people yeah. um because we do that anyway yeah you know once we it comes to our attention who's right. passed we talk right. about it and right. i figure if we should just make it part of the show um and then maybe you know some good some good news maybe because there's a lot of bad stuff that goes on everywhere and i felt that we should dedicate a segment to something good to something good positive yes Yes. i agree and then we have headlines Mm -hmm. which is you know just whatever is the biggest in topic of the week right and then movies you know we we can add movies in um originally i thought it would be funny i i put movies that will suck yeah, but, but I think maybe movies in general would just be a good combination. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And then final is geek news. We can talk about electronics. We can talk about comic books. We can talk about literature. What's up and coming? Yeah. What's next after Twitter? Yeah, exactly. Because God, there has to be something after Twitter, please. And with any luck at all, it'll be easier. But probably not. Uh, well, yeah, you know because. That's how we we rule time. You know, you got B C A D, and now it's going to be A T or P T. A T and P T. <laughs> Anti Twitter, post Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, you know, our lists are similarly uh, in, uh, thought out, apparently, and and yeah, we're both on the same page with uh, asking people to send in their uh, anything. Uh, originally, when we talked about what we were going to call the segment, <laughs> we, we spent went, hours. We went on that. through all of the obvious choices, trying to single out anything that met our needs and wasn't already being used. And of course, the first thing we came up with was "Anything Goes," which is used by everybody. Yeah, and, you wouldn't believe how many shows but, are out there. But it will be our motto at the same time that while we're going to talk about what we think. Any subject can be suggested, and if we have thoughts on the subject, we will uh, share them. If if we don't have thoughts on the subject, it isn't because it wasn't a good subject offering. It's just because we don't know anything about it, right? Or whatever we do know about it isn't probably worth mentioning. So we're going to set up a specific email address. Okay, good just idea. Just for this. Good idea. And so it, when you hear this, as soon as you hear this, folks. Write it down, send it in. We don't care what the topic is. Yeah, anything anything goes. Absolutely. And if if it's something that grabs our attention and then we number one, we have some knowledge of, or two, it, it interests us enough to motivate us to go and look up the we'll topic. Find out something about it. Yeah. And it, and if it is something we've already mentioned, that's okay too. Go ahead because that helps us to know, yeah, okay, they are interested in uh fashions today or you know whatever right 
I actually didn't mention passions, but that was one I had talked about with you. I just didn't put it on the list because I forgot, frankly. Well, I was thinking that could fit into like geek news. Because yeah. It, it, yeah. I call it geek news because it's a specific to those people. Just because it's not about, you know, comic books or movies or something doesn't necessarily mean it's it's not a geek thing. Okay, okay. Not, I always thought geek was, what did I think geek was? Introverted and, and, and studious. Is that not what a geek is? Not anymore. Oh, okay. Well, see, there you go. <laughs> see. We could even do a whole segment on what is a geek. <laughs> because I was going to say, a geek now is not... Um, how do I explain this? It's not... If you call somebody a geek, you're not slandering them. Oh, okay. That's actually... Okay. A, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a compliment. Oh, That cool. means that you're very knowledgeable on the subject cool. of whatever. I gotcha. Okay, well, see there, yeah, I learned something. You know, I've always said, <clears throat> when I stop learning things, that's when it's time to give up. So it's not time to give up yet. That's right. Because I just learned something new. <laughs> uh, best case example, Geek Squad. Yes, the Geek Squad. I rely on them heavily. And they're called geeks because they they're they're very knowledgeable about you know computers about electronics. So it's of it's no kind, it's no longer a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Now if you say nerd, that's nerd, nerd's a little different. That's yeah. still that still carries that, that negative connotation. Feathers, right. Yeah, yeah. And I do see the difference too, actually. Yeah. And cool. um, okay. So, so that's it, and we're gonna. You're gonna include when you edit. You're gonna include the email address to them. I mean, how are they gonna know? Because you said we're gonna give you an email address to send in your. Right. Okay. Let's make something now. Um, let's make, no, don't make it up. Let's actually make something. Well, I can make it up, and then I can oh, make it after you, you know post production. Yes. Oh, like magic. Uh, let's see. How about what we think at. <laughs> yeah, let's let's How's do that? let's do what we think at jaysomon.com. That's j a y z o m o n dot com. That's just for the people out there now listening on Stitcher or iTunes, and they're like, "Whoa, you know, how do you spell Jaysomon?" Yeah, exactly. So, what we think all together? Yes. All lowercase. Yes. At jaysomon. Right. com. Yes. So send them in, and like I said, whatever, because obviously I'll get them first. Mm -hmm. So I'll look through mm -hmm. them, and then I'll send send you, you know, and then we'll Forward go back them to me or whatever. Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll figure work out. it. All right. Because I like it. and at this point in the game, as we're creeping on the six month, you know, uh, of productions, we are constantly renovating, and I, I hope the listeners kind of realize that. We're constantly, we, we do not settle on just where we're at. We're constantly trying to Hopefully. improve. Maybe this would be a good time for my thought of the day. Oh, you got a thought of the day? I have the thought of the day. Okay, let's hear it. This is a quote from Patti Lapone. Uh, for those of you who may not know, Patti Lapone is a renowned uh, Broadway uh, musical actress um, and more. I myself don't know an awful lot about her, or I would tell you what I do know. Right. But if anyone's interested, I'll find out more. In any case, I watched a thing on uh, television the other day where she was um, uh, working with uh, students uh, of the arts, and these were, uh, I don't know exactly how to say it. They, they weren't just 
ordinary students in the schools of the arts. Right. They were uh, highly placed, highly, uh, what's the word? They had achieved a certain level in their studies, and so they were singled out to be part of this uh, workshop okay. with her. They were selected, essentially. Yeah, but based on their academic, merit yeah. and their academic skills and their artistic skills and everything else. And and then they they performed with her, showed her um, their skills, whether they were musicians, singers, or what. And then she gave them feedback and encouraged them and, and offered them suggestions and pushed them to achieve even greater abilities than they even thought they had. So it was really a, a very entertaining show. Sorry, I can't tell you the name of the show. I sort of came in in the middle of it. In any case, she said, and I quote, success teaches us nothing. We only learn from our mistakes. That is so true. And I really liked it. It really struck a chord with me because as you say, it is so true. Um, and that's not to say that uh, when in Burbank has been a mistake, I think not. But I think what we what we see is when in Burbank has lived its life, and we're going to move on now to what we hope is going to be not a mistake, but uh, a, a, another or uh, more successful venture with what we think. If it turns out it isn't, uh, we will learn from that mistake and then go on. If right. it's a success, we'll learn from that too. So we may not learn as much as, and, and certainly not as painfully, but anyhow, I thought that was a, a good thought of the day, as it were. I like that. Maybe that's something we need to start including in the new show, too. A thought of the day? Yes. That might be a good idea, unless I have trouble coming up with some, unless you can come up with some. Uh, my favorite one is Smoke Crack, Worship Satan, and Everything Will Be All Right. That always works. <laughs> uh, well, see, in my generation it was just plain sex drugs rock and roll right yeah basically the same point of view but um, tonight is our last Winnipeg show yes and uh, uh, reading a couple of my dad's letters uh, as part of the podcast that he wrote to my mother in 1934 when they were in their early to mid-20s Anyhow, so uh, I had lots of letters, as you know. I have a five-inch stack of letters. However, um, they're quite time-consuming, and some of them are not all that terribly interesting. And because our Winnipeg Bank sessions are coming to a close, yes, uh, we agreed that tonight I would pick just a few of the better letters and uh, share those with everybody, and then that will be the end of the letter reading, at least for now and the end of the Wynn and Burbank session. Right. Uh, so, folks, and I haven't told Sadie this either, <laughs> set back and relax because if we go over an hour, we have gotten the approval to ah. go over the hour. Oh, good. Oh, good. So this might this good. might be an extra long... It might be. I hope not. I Well, I hope it doesn't feel extra long. I'll put it that way. So... Okay, <clears throat> and again, just to reiterate, my dad uh, and my mother were dating. My mother was in the process of divorce, which in those days took a year to complete. Right. And um, during the time they were dating, mother lived in Burbank with her parents, and she worked at the Burbank City Hall. And 
uh, where her father also worked. Uh, grandfather was a um, road inspector for the city of Burbank. Mother did some kind of bookkeeping or other. And my father, being a third generation construction painter, uh, along with his father, uh, did whatever odd jobs they could uh, manage to find. This era, 1934, it's not the era, the year is uh, right between the start of the Depression and the start of World War II. So um, times were not the easiest, uh, but uh, this is back in the day when people had to write to each other if they weren't together. They're, they did have telephones, most certainly, but not everybody had them in their homes, and they were an expensive luxury that not everyone could afford. So as a result, uh, letter writing was quite common. Uh, more than emailing, letters can be longer and uh, sometimes more informative. Anyhow, so that's sort of the background on the few letters that I'm going to read tonight. All right. Um, oh, and also, just by way of another little piece of background, um, the area where they were living, like I said, mother lived in Burbank. Dad primarily lived in Miraloma, which is near Riverside. It's 54.7 miles as the crow flies. Okay. The cars and roads that they had at, the, at that time would have made that about a two-hour drive, probably. Burbank to Pasadena was 11.7 miles, and again, this is this is more or less as the crow flies because the they they didn't have freeways, they they didn't have major arteries, they just had roads that went here and there. And right. You had to kind of go where the roads went to get where you were going. In fact, there used to be a joke. My parents used to to joke all the time. Somebody would ask, how do you get to so-and-so? And, and the old joke was, well, you can't get there from here. You have to go somewhere else and start out. And uh, and that was kind of the way it, the way it was then. Uh, Burbank to Riverside, again, the Miraloma area, 61.7 miles. Burbank to Huntington Beach, uh, 50.2 miles. And what we now know as the, oh, God, what do they call it now? The 210 was when I was a kid, called the Arroyo Seco Parkway, uh, or the Pasadena Freeway. It was built 1939 and 40. It was not around in 1934 when my parents lived there. It was also the first freeway in the LA Basin. Really? First freeway, period, that I know of anywhere. I don't know if they had uh, turnpikes back east, but in any case, that was the first, first freeway. So that's just a little background to give you an idea of the distances and, and areas that may be mentioned in some of these letters where they've traveled. The first letter I'm going to read is dated March 6th, uh, postmarked Mar March 6th, 1934, and it's actually postmarked in Pasadena, hmm. I noticed. Dearest, this is, all these letters are written by my dad to my mother. I don't have any of her letters. Replies. Yeah, gotcha. I just didn't save letters. <laughs> Dearest, well, you get your wish. I got laid off tonight, and boy, am I, I'm sorry, I'm catching a cold. I'm not trying to be funny, but I did tell you that I would. I believe it came as a result of driving home with wet hair. Now, 
I have to tell you why he was driving home with wet hair. Uh, he got baptized uh, that night. Okay. okay. Mother was uh, responsible for getting my dad involved in the Christian church. And he accepted Christ as his Savior and was baptized. That on his own. But, I mean, Mom kind of got him into the church and got him interested, you know. One where, you know, they say that's, that's the best way to a man's heart is through his stomach, the best right. way to a woman's heart is through her church, okay? <laughs> in, in her case, anyhow. So, that's interesting because of what he ended up becoming. Yes, yeah, which was a minister. He actually became a minister. Uh, how long after that? Let me think. I was five, six years old, so that was 46, 45, 46, that he actually became a minister. So he was he was very uh, sincere. It wasn't just to get to her. Right. My head has been spinning like a top all day, but I don't mind. It's worth almost anything, I guess. It seems strange to me that so few people will take the trouble to go through that when it is so easy, that being baptism. I didn't feel that way, though, before I did it. And if everybody is as hard to convince as I was, it is easy to see why few people do join a church or have much to do with it, so it doesn't seem so strange after all. I suppose you've read about those race drivers that got killed in Imperial. It sure is it was a terrible thing. I can't believe yet that Ernie Triplett is dead. I guess there are a lot of people who are of the same opinion. Now, I'm going to step out of the letter for a second, and uh, I've already told you this. Yes, but we got our some information on that. I, I looked online and found information about Ernie, Ernie, excuse me, Ernie Triplett. Um, actually, the complete name was Erna I Triplett. Uh, yeah, that's E-R-N-A, like Nancy A. Um... He was born in 1906, uh, somewhere in the U.S. They didn't know where. Uh, he was killed March 5th, 1934, in El Centro. Uh, he was, uh, oh, he it, he was participating in the American Automobile Association Pacific Coast Big Car Championship, and the feature event was the AAA Pacific Coast Big Car Championship race. Um, Let's see, at the Imperial Raceway, which is a 1.125 mile dirt oval. He, let's see, he was driving a single-seater single race car. And uh, let's see, he, just background notes on him. He competed in the Indy 500 five years from 29 to 33. He was DNF in four of those years because of me mechanical failures. I don't know what DNF means, by the way. Um, in 31, he started the, in the fifth and, fi and finished the race in seventh place. This is at the Indy 500. By 1934, he had semi-retired from the sport and was racing only occasionally. The feature event of the afternoon of March 4, 1934 at the Imperial Fairgrounds, a Oh, I'm sorry, they say it's a 15-mile, oh, it's a 15-mile race for big cars. Mm -hmm. That was their term 
for then, led to a protracted accident that took three lives. The track was so dusty that the vision of the drivers was severely impaired. Jimmy Wilkinson's car, slowed by engine problems, had stopped on the track in the north turn of the dirt track. And Swede Smith, Swede is a nickname, George Swede Smith, drove into the turn and saw the disabled car too late to avoid a, con a collision. Smith's car rolled over after the impact, causing fake fatal injuries to Smith. Several people from the infield had run onto the track to assist, just as the cars of Ernie Triplett and Al Gordon entered the scene at speed. Triplett's car struck and killed Hap Halfley, a mechanic from Hollywood, and crashed heavily, causing injuries to Triplett that would prove fatal within a few hours. Al Gordon's car had been grazed by Triplett's car during the accident, causing it to also crash. Gordon, the 1933 Pacific Coast champion, and Wilkins Wilkinson received minor injuries. The newspaper reports of the accident focused mostly on the loss of Ernie Triplett, who was the champion in 1931 and 32 and very well known. In spite of his fame, Triplett's name was misspelled in the headlines of the Fresno Bee in various ways. But Hap Halfley, was not, who was not as well known, his surname was spelled correctly. Really? <laughs> Go figure. Um, Oh, no, I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. Let me see. I'm not reading this correctly. His they, Triplett's name was misspelled, and Hap Halfley, who was not as well known, his name was also misspelled in many various ways, including Happerly, Hasley, Hafferly, and others. Somehow the newspapers managed to smell, spell Smith's name correctly. Oh, my goodness. Triplett was buried at Forest Lawn in Glendale, California. His funeral was held over, I'm sorry, his funeral was held on March 7, 1934. During the ceremony, there was an altercation which occurred when some of the drivers present, present forcibly removed two newspaper photographers. In the, in the tussle were involved George Connor, Babe Stapp, Louis Tomei, and Al Ranke who were slated to be charged in the assault. Al Ronke died in a racing mishap before the trial. And uh, I'm not sure if I have the letter. I'm not sure if Dad's letter regarding that particular incident is in the ones I plan to read tonight or not. Uh, but he, he made the comment that he thought that all of the kidnapping stuff. They turned it into a kidnapping. The the race drivers kidnapped these uh, photographers and so on. Uh, they, you know how the press can right. can do. And uh, he said, as far as he was concerned, it was a lot of hooey. <laughs> I believe that was his word. So anyhow, that's who Ernie Triplett was. Very well known. It would be like, uh, oh God, I can't think of any race drivers right now, but any of the ones pretty much like um, when Dale Earnhardt passed. Yeah, away. or any 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 well known sports figure in the world of racing that you can think of right now. He was that famous. He was known worldwide. Okay. Um, 
Kitty and Harold. Kitty is my was my dad's sister, and Harold was her husband. Are up tonight, meaning not up <laughs> out of bed, meaning up there to visit where he was. Gotcha. They went to the beach yesterday. Uh, they said it was so cold they didn't stay long. Dad and Bert, that's my grandfather and Uncle Bert. And I, you know, I really don't know who Uncle Bert was. Uncle Bert might have been my grandfather's brother. Okay. Okay, I'm really not sure. I've heard of Uncle Bert all my life, but you know how that is. Anyhow, Dad and Uncle Bert just left to play cards. The popular pastime during the Depression. It was basically cheap. You play for matches and and uh, toothpicks. Right, get away, get your mind off things. Exactly. I would have gone, but I'm afraid of my cold. I just as soon have most anything as a cold. Don't laugh, but I'm really struggling through this. I can't think of anything to say. <laughs> I have to go downtown tomorrow to collect my do re mi. That's money. The do. Do re mi. And, and it's funny, if you Google do re mi, uh-huh. it'll actually come up D-O-U-G-H, re mi. Really? Yeah, but he abbreviates it, as you can see here, do dash re dash mi. That's just what we called money in those days, or they called money, and even when I was a kid, do re mi. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, and I'm going to have my operator's license renewed. Then I'm going to take my operator's car license, oh, driver, okay. driver's license. Then I'm going to take my suit to the cleaners and get my two white sweaters. He played tennis a lot. Oh, okay. In fact, that's where mom first saw him was on the tennis court. She thought he cut quite a dashing figure in his tennis whites. He had uh, what they called knickers, pants that only went to just below the knees and uh -huh. they kind of bloused out like that. And then he wore white sweaters and whatnot. She said he was quite handsome. He was actually very handsome. Man. Um, ba -ba 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 so I get my two white sweaters. I'm going to buy a couple of ties. And aside from that, I guess I haven't much to do. I believe I'll go to the ranch Wednesday. That's the mushroom ranch that we've talked about right. before. Right, we're still following. Yeah, we're hoping. And get started out there. If I get up real early Wednesday, I'll get four days work. Now that I think of it, if Dad doesn't send for his license plates tomorrow, I won't be able to go because I'll have to take him to work in my car. So the only thing to do is send for the license plates myself. There goes seven bucks. <laughs> You know what? To me, what's interesting about that is not that it was seven dollars for a license plate. I mean, that's one thing. Right. But he's talking about getting up the next day. He's going to have to drive his father to work because he won't have a license plate. So Dad's going to send for them in the mail and get them back in time for him to have them the next day. Wow. Yeah. 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 If Dad doesn't send for his license plates tomorrow, I won't be able to go because I'll have to take him to work in my car. So the only thing to do is send for the license plates myself. There goes seven bucks. So at least within two days, he expected to be able to mail the money and get the plates back. Not like today's uh, uh, DMV processes. No, especially not in the wonderful state of California. Yeah, don't get, don't get me there. Don't get me there. <laughs> 
I guess that is the only solution. I guess that's what I'll do. I'll leave about noon Saturday. That will give me time to get home and get cleaned up. I'm going to bed and study my Sunday school lesson. I'm tired of being dumb. Love, bud. Not terribly romantic, but somewhat informative. Very informative. Okay, so that was that one. And then we have, I believe the postmark on this is April 14. From Miraloma, 1934. Benny, Benny, before you start, yeah. I, I think it's it's just kind of cute because Zoe has been in so many of our episodes yes. of Winifred. Yeah. So our final conclusion, even though she's asleep, and, I, and the funny thing is, is I tried my damnedest to get her to sleep before you got here. And as soon as you started reading, she went to sleep. She went right to sleep. I know the feeling, sweetheart. <laughs> Okie dokie. Here we go. So April 14th. April 14th from Miraloma. Dear Mary, that was mother's name. I'm going to use some of Ethel's paper. I don't know who Ethel is. Because I'm out. It is only 6 o'clock, so I'm going to start this while I'm waiting for dinner. We didn't get a great deal done today, partly because the ground is so awfully hard where we are working now, and partly because I didn't feel very good. I didn't get a letter from you today, and I thought I would, but I'll get one tomorrow. I have to go to Los Angeles Saturday and yet and get another battery for the car. This one doesn't seem to hold up very good. If they say anything, I'll just tell them that I want the battery that was in the car when we bought it. I don't want this one. They can't complain about that. And I, I have no background on this, so I really don't know what the hell he's talking about. I guess you were right when you said you thought it was a good thing we didn't pay cash for the car. Ethel has had a spell of asthma today, so she didn't put the flowers out. But it's all right. I like to leave things in a pot a few days. I don't think it is a very good policy to change them twice before they have a chance to perk up. He brought her some plants of some sort. Okay. Pots. I don't know what kind. I think one of the letters mentioned <clears throat> strawberry plants and something else. Um, I feel better now. You can imagine... Oh, I feel better now. You can imagine I've had three square meals today. That's one reason he wasn't feeling well. He hadn't eaten yet, and then he ate. He didn't say that, but he stopped and ate in between the flowers having a chance to perk up and him continuing his letter. Okay, gotcha. And he actually had three square meals that day. Which is a rare... Which rare. was not common. Ed Wynn is on the radio, he means... So, don't be surprised if I don't say anything sensible. Um, if you don't know who Ed Wynn is, Google, Google it. it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I was just going to try to explain it. Thank yeah, you. no. The orchestra just played over somebody else's shoulder. It sure is a pretty tune. Uh, I 
went to YouTube and listened to it. Frankly, I couldn't appreciate the tune the way he did, but it's kind of a cute song. It's talking about this guy's dancing with his girlfriend, and then over her shoulder, he sees somebody else. Ah, okay. I think that's what it says. It's over somebody else's shoulder. Well, anyhow, it's like that. Go to YouTube and listen to it. It's cute. Um, several recordings of that one. I guess I won't polish the car after all this week because I can't get it clean enough with gasoline. Okay. Say that one more time. Yeah. I guess I won't polish the car after all this week because I can't get it clean enough with gasoline. The grease comes off all right, but there is dirt in the paint that nothing but a regular cleaner will take off. Somehow he got grease in his car's paint job. Okay. I just thought of a nice place to go the next time we want to go for a ride. Dad was big on going for a ride. When I was a kid, uh-huh. we didn't have anything else to do. Did you just go for a ride? Let's, everybody hop in the car. We're going for a ride. Where are we going? I don't know. Let's drive around. Just go. And it took me the longest time to convince Ernie that that was a cool thing to do. <laughs> what do you mean we're going to get in the car and go for a ride without having a, you know, a destination, a, destination, <laughs> a reason? You know, you just go because you'll run into somewhere you've never been before. Right. You know, you just will. Or Tijuana. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, but anyhow, it, you know, it, that was something to do that was cheaper than, well, and it was something to do. They didn't have, they had the radio. Right. That was it. Okay. I'd like to go to Hemet Lake and take that ride from the lake down to Palm Springs. You might be disappointed in it after all. Uh, after all the talking I have done about it. But it is sure the swellest piece of mountain road I ever was on. I wonder what we'll do next Sunday between church and evening service. Maybe we can go see somebody. But let's see somebody who won't sit around and read a magazine while we're there. I can't think of anything dear to say because nothing ever happens out here. So I'll say good night. I hope you feel better next week, dear love bud. So that's that letter. I kind of like the idea of him saying that that drive, I, I kind of like to, I don't think you can make that drive anymore. The roads around him at Palm Springs have changed so much over the years. Right. But he 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 just says that the the road between Palm Springs and and or Hemet and Palm Springs the mountain road is sure the swellest piece of mountain road I was ever on. I think that's so cool. I would like to have seen that. This next letter is uh, postmarked in Mira Loma, April 18, 1934. My dearest, the nightly radio blah has not started yet, so blah. blah that's what he said. So I'll start writing. I may have to stop after a while, though. Well, my spirits are a little higher this evening than they were last night. I'm awfully tired tonight, and my head feels goofy, but I still feel better even so. I have two or three things to tell you about tonight that I don't think you are going to like very well. 
but we can talk them over on Sunday, and you have all week to think about it. To begin with, I saw Aunt Nell, that's Uncle Bert's wife. Okay. Uh, I saw her light bill today. It was $3.80, and they only burn one light a little while in the evening. Now, presumably, that's for a month. <laughs> Can you imagine how much it would cost to cook with electricity out here? See, they were talking about getting or building a place to live together out in Miraloma. Okay. So that's why this information is coming to mom. Here's another. Bert said today he didn't think Mr. Allen owned that place up on the boulevard. Even so, there is a place down here on the same road that Mr. Allen tried to sell Bert. It has a two or three bedroom house on it, and that's all. When he says that's all, he means that's all. Two or three bedrooms. He wanted $2,500 for it, $500 down. Now stop and figure what somebody would want for that other place. Now this place next door, Bert is sure he can get it for $1,500 at the most. And we're talking houses here. Right. Okay? He believes that Mr. Allen would let us take the place without a down payment and pay about 10 or $12 a month. Now listen, before you blow up, <laughs> did he know my mother or what? Bert showed me today how we could fix this place up for about $100 or maybe a little more. <laughs> Read a lot more. <laughs> anyway, I think how swell this place would look if we spent $1,500 on it. That's a total of 3000 I don't know how he got from $100 to 15 but that's a hell of a jump. That's a total of about 3000 The other place would cost 3000 to start with, and anything we spent would be above that. Better think that over, honey. It is logic. Now, as for the extra buildings, or as far as the extra buildings are concerned, I can tear them down and we can use a lot of the lumber for some of the building on the house. Apparently there were some outbuildings or something on the property. Bert said today that I didn't have to worry about doing my building because he would help me and he was sure we wouldn't have any trouble. He also showed me how we could fix up the inside of the house so it would be just as clean and nice inside as any other. I can just hear what mother was thinking when she read that. Another thing, he would be right here to help me anytime if I needed him. He said he would help me do all the painting and everything so it would be all fixed up for you. I don't know how you are going to read all of this, but it really looks like the most sensible way to do. Bert said today, dear, <clears throat> that he has talked to a half dozen people out here who have had electrical stoves, 
electric stoves. And they all got rid of them because electricity is so high out here. Think of it, sweetheart, and see if you don't think we could be satisfied with this place. I'd work awfully hard to make you happy, sweetheart. And even if it wouldn't be a palace, who wants a palace anyway? I believe the difference in price makes this place as attractive as the other one. Anyway, Bert is going to see Mr. Allen the first time he comes out and find out the lowest price he will take for the place next door. He thinks he can get it a little cheaper for me than I can for myself. I got all excited today when I got to thinking about fixing the place up. There isn't anything on this place except a row of pepper trees and they make good firewood <laughs> which was the nicest thing you could say about pepper trees <laughs> they make good firewood <laughs> um, aside from those crazy rabbit pens <laughs> we would start fixing the place up just as we could the just as fast as we could the other one I will take those rabbit pens apart and give them to your dad maybe he can use them Anyway, I just got so excited I could hardly work today. I could just picture how nice this place would look with you out in the yard watering flowers. Oh, brother. You, you think it over and we'll talk about it Sunday. If Bert is anywhere near right about the price of the house, I can see my way clearer a lot easier than I could with the other place. I hope I get a letter tomorrow. It is so lonesome out here. I'll be so glad when you are out here with me. But I don't want to bring you out here to live in some place you don't like. As far as Aunt Nell and Ethel are concerned, you don't need to worry because they don't like to visit neighbors. Because they don't like to have their neighbors snoop around their place. They never leave their own lot. Well, the radio has quieted down a little, so I can write. Isn't that silly? I've already written three full pages. I don't suppose you can read half of it, though. I hope you aren't terribly disappointed after reading this letter, honey. It is, after all, just an idea. If you don't like it, just tell me. Mary, dear... I always want to do everything just to please you. Sadie literally just bit her tongue. <laughs> he was always that way about her. Nobody ever loved anybody more, I don't think. And if the thought of living in this house displeases you too much, we'll find another. But I'm afraid the place we looked at will be priced too high. I really can't see 2500 or 3000 in a house and a lot out here. I can do a lot better, buy a lot better place right in the city for that price. Bert will be up, but it will be up to you in the end. I've had my way long enough. I wish it would get warm at the beach so we could go fishing. We had so much fun when we went last year. Are you going to ask the preacher to the party? 
or don't they usually do that? Well, the hole is growing. That's the hole for mushroom farm. <laughs> but awfully slow. Boy, I mean, girl, it sure is hard <laughs> stuff. He's talking about the dirt he's trying to dig with just a shovel and a pick. Well, here, well, here I had to start another page to close on, and I have to think of something to say to fill it up. Is that where I got that from? I'm that way today. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't bothers me to leave a blank page and just sign off. It's like, what, you couldn't think of anything else to say? <laughs> well, believe it or not, I found a bottle with some ink in it. The ink is actually changed in this letter. The other one had just enough in it to write about one word each time I put the pen in the bottle. Now I can write a whole sentence. Now we're literally talking the old-fashioned pen nibs with ink, okay? No, wow. No ball points. Yeah, that, that kind of brought it home for me. Yeah. Um, I just asked Ethel if she would like to have a wisteria, and she said she was crazy to have one or two. So can't we get her a couple of those at the firehouse? No, what's that? Wisteria, wisteria is a plant. Uh, it blooms like in the spring at the same time lilacs do, and it, it uh, blooms with a beautiful, um, long sort of uh, clump of, of bluish, purplish flowers. Very fragrant. Uh, our neighbor down the street from us has one, actually. Oh, and okay. It's really, really pretty. They, uh, in places where they grow well, like any place other than the desert, uh -huh. uh, they tend to plant them like over an arbor, you know, a little arch in a garden and stuff so that the blooms hang down and, and you know, it's a real pretty plant. Very pretty plant. And apparently the firehouse, Burbank Firehouse had some. They aren't going to use them down there anyway, are they? Did they ever find anybody to use those berry plants. This this letter must, even though the postmark date is, is later than the one I just read, this must have actually preceded the last letter because it's talking about those plants. Right. So, anyway. Um, did they ever find anybody to use those berry plants? They, it sure, let's see, that sure was funny, or don't you think? <laughs> How are your cat's cats? I've been thinking over, thinking it over, Angel. You can have your cat if you want. I don't care. I guess you ought to have something alive around to keep you company besides a husband. I'll bet a quarter that you'd rather... Wait a minute. I'm going to have to see what he says here. He's, he's scribbling. First he wrote, I bet a quartet. And then he means, I. then he says, I mean a quarter. That you rather will have to pay extra postage on this letter. I just thought of something. Why not address your letters? I don't know what that sentence is about. It's a poorly worded sentence. Um, why not address your letters to the office meaning the Burbank City Hall offices where she worked, you wouldn't have to wait until you get home to read them. Silly, we never thought of it before. I'm not going to start another page, love, but... 
uh, and that and that's actually what he did. This this letter was addressed to her in the city manager's office, City Hall, Burbank, California. And they didn't seem to mind her receiving letters um, there, personal business or whatever. That was okay. And the interesting thing, folks, is I'm looking at this, and right away I'm like, where's the zip code? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there were no zip codes. No, no, no. That was back in the day. No zip codes. And you'll notice it's Burbank, California. Yeah, not abbreviated. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, the abbreviation for California uh, was C-A-L-I-F, period. That was it. So if you if you didn't write California, you could write C A L I F. Interesting. Okay, this letter is also from Mariloma, dated April, I believe, nineteen. So five days later. Roughly, if I if that's kind of blurred, it's hard to read. But if I've read this right, dearest. Well, according to the letter I got from you this morning, the one I wrote last night isn't going to sit very well with you. <laughs> That's the one we just read. Right. <laughs> but I can't help it now. It is already in the mail. I'm sorry to hear that you would be so disappointed if we didn't get that place, the more expensive one. Why do you let yourself get that way, sweetheart? It really isn't good for a person to take small disappointments so seriously. But don't feel that what I said last night is final. It was merely a suggestion. I didn't read about Wilfred's job. Tell him I'm awfully sad to hear about it. That Wilfred was mother's sister's husband. He was a postal carrier for all the years I ever knew about. I don't know what this thing about his job is about. Sorry. Ooh. I am writing this at noon lunch. Oh, pardon me. I'm writing this at noon, comma. Lunch is quite ready. So I'm doing this to pass the time away. I'll get your letter out tonight and read it over. Maybe there is something I forgot to answer. Nothing ever happens out here, so if I ever write anything at all, it is something I made up in my own head. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to have baked beans and spuds for lunch, I hope. You said in your letter, you're just looking forward to that, folks. We had to have that place. I wish you wouldn't be like that, honey. Not that I care, but I think you'll learn better someday. So you didn't believe what I said about little women. Well, it's too bad, honey. I told you so. And no idea what that reference is. He actually capitalized little women, so it's got to be the, the story and or the, the first or movie. No, well, the, there's a book, Little Women. Right. You know, and they made uh, how many? Four, I think. Most recent one with Winona Ryder. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I, I don't know whether... They're ta he's talking about the first movie or not. 
Say, I told you last night about the people who had electric stoves out here. Well, Bert said today that those people's light bills used to be upwards of $10 a month. Now, we know how much a single light bulb burned a little while at dinner cost his Aunt well, Nell. That was $3.80. Right. Okay. Add an electric stove, and now you're up to 10 bucks a month. Oh. The funny thing is, the house we now live in used to be my parents' house while they were still living, right? Mm-hmm. And it's an all-electric house, and I remember when Mother moved in there, she thought she'd finally made it because she loved all things electric. <laughs> Honest to God, she just thought that was the bee's knees. And and the weird thing is, I, I really can't tell you how I hate cooking on an electric stove. Really? Oh, yeah. Gas is just so much easier to cook on. You can control the heat and everything so much better. You know, with electricity, you got it's too cold or or the smoke alarm's going off. You know, I hate it. Anyway, well, I don't have to figure much to tell. I don't have to figure much to tell you what I think about that. The electric bill being ten dollars a month, and who in the world ever told you that Edison lights were cheap? This is an interesting passage in here. I know a whole lot different because I have used Edison lights on several different occasions. Anyway, these aren't Edison lights out here. It is La Sierra L&P Company, Light Power Company. Okay, L&P. Edison, my dear, is the highest priced electricity in Southern California. This is before... The regulation that we have now, right? You know, didn't have. They had competition for power services in those days: water services, power services, and telephone services, and so on. This is a good price. There is that is a good price on a stove, but I can't see ten dollars a month for cooking. I don't believe it is worth the difference. Judging from the way this letter's going, you won't enjoy it any more than you did yesterday's letter. Uh, thanks for taking care of my shirt for me. I forgot all about it. That was a nice card we got from Jenny. I still think there was a terrible mistake made when they got married. Bert is sitting here sewing rags together for Ethel's rug. Um, used to make braided rugs, uh-huh. and what you did was you tore strips of material, old material that you couldn't possibly use for anything else anymore, mm-hmm. and you tear strips about an inch or two wide, and then braid them together, and then you put them on the you know put them on the uh, table or something while you were making it. Lay them down flat and circle them round and around, coiling kind of like a rope. Uh-huh. And you could make like round or oval or whatever. And then you would sew those those braids sort of together every every so often. And when you were all done, you made a rug. I actually made one out of denim one time just for the heck of it. Huh. It's kind of an interesting thing to do if you've never done it before. Anyway, he was sewing uh, rags together for Ethel's rug. I told him he looked like an old maid. Wait till Ethel finds out what he is doing. There goes the first call for lunch, so I'll finish this tonight. That was it. He went to lunch. Well, dearest, dinner is all over with, and it is only 7 o'clock. 
just think, or don't you? And I'm afraid I haven't thought of anything to say since noon. I started to dig up a little patch of flowers for Ethel. I mean, cultivate it, and not, and it got dark, so I had to quit. Darn it, honey, I wish I could talk to you. I get sick of writing things on paper, and I don't get an answer until about two days later. Which, when you think about it, he would write to her, he'd send her a letter, she'd get it the next day. Right. And then she would write to him, and he'd get it the next day. And that don't, that hardly, no. I mean, here in town, you can sometimes mail a letter like today, and it'll get there tomorrow, but not very if often. If you're lucky. Yeah. Anyway. Even at that, it takes two days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because it has to go down the hill and back up again. Oh, what's that about? You, you do know that, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that stupid? <laughs> anyway, um... I don't get an answer until about two days later, and by that time, I've forgotten what I said. Then, when I see you at the end of the week, I've forgotten what I wanted to say, so I never get any decent answers to anything, I say. I sure am abused. I really think, honey, that we would be better off if we bought this place next door. He's really pushing for that. I've had to dig a cess. I'd have to dig a cesspool, but I guess I could do that without too much trouble. Bert said today that he would help me, and it wouldn't take long. He is not in favor of digging one because it is so far to sand. But if I'm going to put in a bathtub, I'm going to have to have a toilet too, and I won't live out here with you without both. I could get along by myself for a while without bathrooms, but I won't bring you out here until the house is all fixed. I mean, I wouldn't want you to come out here to stay until all the building is done. I don't believe it will cost a lot to build a couple of rooms on this little house. We, this is the one that's just three bedrooms. Right. Right. Okay. We can't buy a place until we start making some money off the mushrooms anyway unless Bert and still hadn't got the freaking hole for the mushrooms dug but anyway <laughs> god love me he was only 25 what can I tell you unless Bert is right in his assumption that we can get this place next door for 10 or 12 dollars a month and I can get to work for the CWA now the CWA is you have a side note for that oh yeah of course the Civil Works Administration established by the New Deal, Roosevelt's New Deal, uh -huh. during the Great Depression, 1930-1940. That's the CWA. Okay. So, unless I can get to work for the CWA, then I could raise the money to pay on the place, and I could spend my spare time working on the place. Then, as soon as we made some money, I could start building on the house, and then we could come out here to live a lot quicker. I guess you are sick of all this chatter by this time, so I won't say any more about it until I see you. Maybe not then, if you don't like the idea. I'm glad there isn't anything planned to do over the weekend. Maybe you won't spend so much money. I mean, maybe I won't spend so much of your money as I usually do. I've written five pages of bunk, so 
I'll listen to the radio for a while and see if I can think of something to say. Well, I guess I can't. Aunt Nell is raising the devil with Bert and I about a bombardment we've been carrying on here. Raising the devil. Is that what that was? Yeah, raising the devil. Is it the same thing as like raising hell kind of thing? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Raising Cain. Okay. Yelling her head off. Gotcha. Yeah. She said she was going to tell you never to feed me any beans. Oh, that's the bombardment that they were carrying on. <laughs> I guess I'll write again tomorrow because I won't be over until Saturday night. I have to help a guy fix his car Saturday morning. P.S. If this letter addressed like this doesn't reach you, let me know. <laughs> That's another joke we used to have, you know, when you're going someplace to meet somebody. Uh-huh. Uh, we're, I'll be there. But listen, if you get there first, you make a mark, and if I get there first, I'll cross it out. <laughs> it's the same thing. If, if this letter doesn't reach you, you let me know. Right. All my love, but... That's a cute one. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I wrote on there. This is a good letter. Um. Yeah. Real fast. Do we find out the conclusion of the mushrooms? At the end of today, I'll tell you the conclusion. conclusion. Okay. And and funnily, funnily, strangely enough, my mom and dad actually. When they did get married, they used to do that. They used to buy properties, fix uh-huh. them up, and, and flip them. Like really? they do now. Yeah, they did that in the 30s. <laughs> this one doesn't, oh, it has a postmark, but I, I really have trouble reading it. I believe it's April 20 something, possibly 26 or so. Not sure. It's very, very, very faint. Very faint. Dear Mary. 25th. 25? Okay, there you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Dear Mary, well, I'm glad for once that I'm in Mariloma instead of Burbank because when I tell you this, you are going to blow up. (laughs) Mr. Allen, for some undetermined reason, doesn't want to sell the place next door. He said he wanted to keep it and sell it to someone who wants to raise rabbits because he thinks he can get more out of it on account of the equipment. That is what I think. He didn't tell Bert the real reason, but I think that's it. But Bert, see, I said Bert. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I was right in the first place. But, see, I said, but we can get the lot south of Bert's house for a thousand dollars fifteen dollars down and no payments or interest for one year it's a house they're gonna pay a thousand dollars for it they're gonna pay 15 down and they pay nothing no interest no payments for a year see the funny thing is when you said 15 i, I thought like fifteen thousand is when, no, no, when no. my brain registered fifteen dollars yeah yeah Read that over again, he says. <laughs> he wanted 1600 for the place on the north. I think how this place could be made to look for $600. I mean, this bare lot. 
episode. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's not a house. It is just a lot. Gotcha. Okay, okay, yeah. Bert, uh, we can get the lot south of Bert's house for $1,000. $15 down, no payments or interest for one year. He wanted 1600 for the place on the north, the, the house that they had, that he thought he wanted to buy. I think how this place could be made to look if, you know, for the $600 difference. I mean, this bare lot. I showed Bert your house plan, and he said that if you didn't want the rooms too darn large, too darn is underlined, the place could be built for about 300 so now she's now God bless her. Now she's looking at a vacant lot. They're gonna build a house on it. Him and Bert, okay? For about three hundred bucks, dollars. Now you don't have to use that floor plan if you don't want to. If we start from the bare lot, we can build as much of a house as we can pay for. The estimate that Bert made was figuring the living room at about 22 feet long and the rest of your floor plan accordingly. As I said, I'm glad I'm not in Burbank tonight. I think that I think that deal on the lot would be awfully hard to beat. As soon as we started making some dough on the mushrooms, I could start building a house, and before you knew it, the place would be all ready to move into. Yes, it would have a foundation and a real roof, or red roof, I can't really tell what he wrote there. I think real. I don't think that would be so much money to spend on a house, I believe. For that price, we could have just about everything we want, except plaster. That costs too much, at least until we could afford it. That wallboard can be taken down and the walls plastered any time we want to. There is a better view of the river from this other lot anyway. The big house on the boulevard is not for sale. It is in court over some legal matter. So much for that. Think it over this week and we'll see what you think Friday night. I'm a little tired tonight and I haven't had any dinner yet, so I think I'll close. Love, bud. I mean... Yes, we understand it's in the 1930s, but still, you know, the... Honestly, I have to put, like, comma three zeros after it just to compute in my head. I know, I know, but no. No. But what was the, the average wage, you know? Um... It was like a nickel a day or something like that? I don't have any of his that say how much money he's making. Uh, I, I have a lot of his letters that say how much he was spending on things. But I don't have too much that say what he was making. But uh, let's let's go forward a few 
years. My first job when I was 16, that would have been in 1956, uh -huh. I earned $1.38 an hour. So, and that was considered fairly good wages, you know. Right. I didn't have any benefits, but it was part-time, so. So you back that up by 20 years to, well, by 15, oh, wait, yeah. Well, 20 years would have been 30, yeah, right about 20, 25 years. See, he was a construction painter, so he, he sort of worked by the piece. Right. And, and he was he was uh, union, uh, but they still did piecework. So, you know, he got paid by the job, and and I don't I don't have a clue, and I don't have any idea what mother earned. I could actually I could find out I guess because when I found out uh, some information about her on the census papers that I found online, uh -huh. it may have said how much money she made annually, but. I'm, I'm not real sure, but I, I, I'm thinking it was probably less than a thousand dollars a year. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm, but I'm kind of just guessing. We could Google it and find out average wage in 1934 for, you know, for, for a hardworking guy. Okay, this last, this is the last letter. Really? We're already there. Yeah. Uh, May, probably the 9th. 1934. I think that says nine. Got a coffee stain on it, so it's fine. Yeah, this that's definitely mine. Okay. So a day after my birth, well, not just a day. <laughs> a day before your birthday. <laughs> yeah, a day before my birthday. Well, 40, 43 years and a day after my birthday. Yeah. Dearest, I'm so sorry. I forgot to mail your letter yesterday to your office. I know you like to have me do that, so I will from now on. It is almost six o'clock and we have just finished a big day's work. Aunt Nell and Ethel went to Pasadena today and just got home. This dizzy parrot is howling his head off. I wish he would pipe down so I could think. They must have had a parrot, mm. I'm guessing. Aunt, Aunt Nell, probably, or somebody. Before I forget, I was just thinking about the fishing situation. I don't want to go fishing on Sunday, but we don't necessarily have to go to the expense of renting a cabin. If you want especially to go sometime, we can go down Saturday morning and fish until you get tired, and then we can do something else for a few hours and go back about 8 o'clock in the evening for the night fishing. For the night fishing. Go back in the evening for the night fishing. Stay till about 11 or 12 and be home in time to get a few hours sleep before Sunday school. Uh, Dad used to like to surf fish and night surf fishing he enjoyed the most yeah um <clears throat> let's see the object hang on the object in going back at night is that there is a fish there that bites best at night and i want to get some because they are so good to eat i think it is an elegant idea 
I see in tonight's paper that Insul went to jail in tears. I bet he does worse than cry before he gets out. Now, I have information on who Insul is because I had to Google him too. I found it interesting because at first I didn't know he was talking about a person. And he says, he says uh, that I heard, I heard into, or see in tonight's paper that Insul went to jail in tears. I bet he does worse than that before it's over. Well, Samuel Insull, I-N-S-U-L-L. Born in near London, Samuel Insull learned stenography and landed a job in 1881 as the personal secretary of Thomas Edison. Oh, really? Learning the electric light bus lighting business from the ground up, <laughs> like literally. Insull helped establish the manufacturing arm of what would become the General Electric Company in Schenectady, New York. In 1892, Insel became the president of the Chicago Edison Company, one of several electric companies in the city. In the city, over the following decade, he mastered the unique economics of the electric utility business and emerged as a national leader of the industry. Remember, Dad doesn't think much of Edison Electrical pricing. Right. Insel developed a business strategy that encouraged the use of electricity among all types of energy consumers. This approach made him an innovator in the use of technologies, financial instruments, rate structures, and promotional campaigns to create a mass market for electric light and power. Moreover, he mounted a successful effort to establish a monopoly of Central Station Service in Chicago for the renamed Commonwealth Edison Company. Keyword there, monopoly. Right. Insel also became a pioneer in building larger regional networks of power and related holding company devices to maintain control of his sprawling utility empire. During World War I, he was appointed chairman of the Illinois Council of Defense. In the 1920s, Insel was regarded as one of the nation's leading businessmen, a role which made him a perfect scapegoat for the Great Depression. Arrested and tried for securities fraud, he was acquitted in 1934, but remained a broken man until his death. Interesting. I thought so. Yeah. I finally finished reading <clears throat> that missionary book that Bill gave me. It's a pretty good book, all right. I'm run down already, so I'm going to listen to the news broadcast and then see if I can think... <laughs> if I can think so something more to say. <laughs> kind of got too many so's in there. I doubt if I will because nothing ever happens out here. <laughs> I don't even get letters from my best girl anymore. Not on Tuesday anyway. Gee, I used to think of so many things to talk about but I never can anymore. What's the matter with me, honey? I guess I'm just lonesome for you. I was with so much I was with 
so much over the weekend and now I'm so far I guess he means I was with you so much over the weekend and now I'm so far away from you I don't like it at all I read something else in the paper today uh, it was the report on the California bar examination there was a James Bruce Brown of Burbank among those who passed the bar that must be Mr. Brown that we know but what about that first name? I thought his first name was Sales or something. I don't know what that's about either. It's just what he, something between them they knew. I have a hunch that supper will be ready in about eight hours, so I'm going to wash my hands. I mean, like being prepared. Well, I was right. We had supper, some lamb chops. For the first time, we had meat out here since I started coming out here. Wow. This is May. Letters started in February. Right. First time he's had meat. February, March, April, May. Four months, minimum four months since he'd had meat. Amos and Andy just ended. It sure is getting good. <laughs> I wish... I was sure, and if they don't know what Amos and Andy is, Google it. Yeah. I wish I was sure of what I was going to talk about Sunday night. Apparently, he had to speak to a group at church on Sunday night. Um, but, 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 but are you going to talk about that communion service? Maybe the two of them were going to talk about something. Do you think it will be any good? I've thought about it so much, I'm nuts, and I can't think what to do. I'm not much in favor of doing anything at all about it. I'm not so hot on this public speaking stuff anyway. And then he became a preacher. That That's really hilarious. And then look at him. He drew some kind of little picture there with little dots with his pen. I don't know what the heck that. Maybe he was just doodling while he was thinking or something. I don't know. Huh. Eh, funny. Um, if I could hear a couple of others talk first to sort of get an idea of what we should talk about, I can think if only of only one thing that left any impression on me, but I don't know whether it is what they want to hear or not. I guess that was supposed to be their their topic. What made an impression? Ah. I don't know. Well, this radio has driven all the desire to write out of me. So I'm going to say goodnight. Love, bud. And I thought that was a good one. Then, say goodnight. Yes. But now you asked, would we ever know about the mushroom farm? Yes. That's my personal inquiry. I actually want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, none of these letters answer the question. Okay. About the mushroom farm. And did it ever get did they ever complete the project? They finished the hole. He did finish the hole. One of the letters does talk about he either finished or was real close to finishing the hole. But there was so much more to the mushroom farm than just a hole. Right, right. You know, they had to build over the top of it and whatnot. Um, and uh, I do not recall any 
conversation in my childhood about mushroom farm. Okay, so you're not an heiress to like a mushroom farm. No, culture. unfortunately oh, okay. I'm not. I oh. wish I were, but no. Um, and why in the world they picked Miraloma, which is next door to hell's half acre as far as temperature is concerned. <laughs> you know, Riverside's one of the hottest areas in the basin, yeah. in the L.A. basin. I mean, it's rivaled only by Death Valley, I think. Plus, it's on top of that, it's humid. So why they thought they could dig a hole in the dirt in, in, in Miraloma and make a mushroom farm out of it and make it succeed, I have absolutely no idea how much they knew about the project and what it entailed. Apparently not as much as they might have needed to know. But I do remember as a kid uh, hearing stories about other enterprises that dad engaged in, not not the least of which was I said they used to flip houses a lot, right. buy them and fix them up and sell and either rent them or they would sometimes they didn't buy them, they just rent them and then fix them all up and then get money off for their rent and stuff for you know for doing that. But most of the time they would buy the house, fix it up and sell it for a, a profit. That's how they made money. And then dad uh, started working at Lockheed and while he was working at Lockheed, he had like regular income then and that was a good job. That was during the war. And he also started uh, welding things and they, they he wanted they wanted to go into this welding business where he would weld wrought iron things, right. gates and barbecues and fences and whatnot. And that fell through. And I don't know at what point it fell through, uh, but financially it, it strapped them to the point they had to leave the state. Oh, really? And that's why we went to Washington State when I was a kid. Okay. And I didn't know that until much, much later. They just had to get out of town because they owed everybody everything. Okay. And so they left my, my mom came, my brother and I came, and that was it. They left her family, her mom, her dad, her sister, her sister's brother, I mean her sister's husband, her For sister's how many children. Years? Uh, we were, I was five when we left. I was 16 when we came back. So what is that? 11 years. Yeah. And uh, from from Southern California, we went directly to the farm in Southern, Southwestern Washington State, a little farming community called Sarah, and lived in this great old drafty wooden two or three level, I mean story, right, right. farmhouse. And you could walk out and overlook the Columbia River from the yard. The the land from just beyond the road, which dead ended at our property, just beyond that road, the, the land sloped down to the Columbia River. And uh, we lived there for a few years, and then Dad went into the ministry, and then from there we went to... Uh, Woodland, where he had his first church, Woodland, Washington, and then to Chelan, Washington. You've maybe heard of Lake Chelan mm -hmm. I was about in to the say center Lake part Lake. of the state. 
um, and then from there to Spokane, Washington. We lived the longest time in Spokane. We were there seven years. And that's where I did most of my, quote, growing up, unquote. Mm. And, you know, I was crushed when we had to come back to California because I had all my friends and my love loves of my life and all that that I had to leave. But um, at that point, that would have been fifty mid-50s, 55, 56. And uh, Dad was running into a lot of opposition from the hierarchy of the church because he did not have a, a, a formal education in anything. <clears throat> I remember when he got his GED. Oh, really? So that he could, hopefully, he wanted to go to college and take some courses, but he needed to go, he wanted to go down to um, Texas Christian University near Fort Worth. And so that's why we were going to leave and he was going to do that. And then that sort of just never really happened. It was far more expensive than he ever anticipated. And he kind of lost interest in that. Over and so, time. Yeah, he retired from the ministry, so to speak, and uh, went back to uh, painting and catch-as-catch-can as far as work was concerned. Uh, and then, of course, shortly after that, I turned 18, got married, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so... By the book, Red yeah. Hills, Green Vines, Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it's in the book, actually. <laughs> and Dad married me. And my first husband he performed the ceremony, and uh, that was that was cool. That was a neat thing. And he would do some lay preaching from time to time. You know, once anybody in you know everybody where we lived in Arcadia, uh-huh. everybody knew he was had been a preacher. You know, so naturally he was called upon for all sorts of things, um, and and he enjoyed you know doing a lot of that. Whether it got paid for it or not, I don't know. I wasn't privy to that information. Didn't even know it was my business. Right. And so but anyway, no, the mushroom farm I don't think ever panned out. Mom and Dad did. They eloped to Yuma in nineteen thirty six and were married. Sometime uh, around the same time these letters were written, actually one of them in in the, the ones that I did not read actually deals very I think the word is surreptitiously with the fact that mother had to have an abortion. Mm. And it was it was odd because a few years, just a very few years before she passed, I happened I don't remember now what was being said. We were under what circumstances we were discussing abortion, but I made the comment that that as far as I was concerned that was a woman's choice and and you know that if if a woman felt she needed to do that, that you know, I I would certainly support her decision. Right. And she said, you know, I'm really glad to hear you say that because you know. And then she dropped the bomb. And then she dropped the bomb. You know. Well, now I'm at this point. Uh, she's nearing 80, and I'm. Uh, what, let's see. How old was she when I was born? I was born in 40. She was 80 when she died in 90. So, 50, she was 30 when I was born. Why do I care? I forget why I'm figuring out how old Fawns was. 
Oh, so it would have been about 35 years since she'd had the abortion. Right. And I was in, say, 85, we'll say. I was 45 years old. Okay. Right. 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 I was about 45, approaching 50, before I find out my mother had to have an abortion before I was ever born, you know, which is kind of weird. And then another thing I really... I felt good about that one, but then when my I said something really wrong one time in front of my dad, my dad understood why I made the comment and everything. But I know it, I know it hurt him, uh, and it was just one of those things you say and you wish you could take back, and you never could. Right. I had said at one point that I I don't know why I don't again I don't remember what was going on, why it was even a topic of conversation, but I blurted out that I could never respect anybody that just had a GED. I don't know why. I don't even know why I said that because it wasn't really true. Right. You know, but I did say that. And of course he had, had had worked very hard to get his GED and was very proud that he had. And he just kind of didn't say anything at all. And I, and I, later when I found out that he had his GED and I felt really, really bad about it. But like I said, it was one of those things that, you know, open mouth and shit comes out and what are you going to do? Yeah, you can't you can't take it back. It's done. But he understood I was young and stupid, and you know, as he was fond of telling me from time to time. <laughs> so you know, those are just things that that fortunately parents find a way to overlook in their children, and just think you know, you stupid kid, you don't know any better, you know. So, but anyway, um, they did elope. In uh, my brother was born in 1938. And I in 1940, no, no, I take that back. My brother was five years old. See, my brother's always claimed that he was illegitimate. He, I was born in 40. He was five years older than I. That would have made him 40 35. and 35, but yeah. they got married in 36. Ah. But they may not have. They may have gotten married in 34, and I may be confused about when they got married. I've got their marriage certificate at home, and I've got that letter from Chubby, what's his face, too, Johnson. I'll have to bring that for some other time. Okay. Uh, maybe when we're talking about movies, I can work it in there. Anyway, um, I, don't, I don't remember the dates all that well. I could look it up, but nobody really cares anyway, so I won't bother. Uh, but anyhow, they did get married. They eloped to Yuma and got married because that was the cheapest way to get married in those days. And uh, lived an incredibly happy life despite a lot of setbacks. Um, some of which are in the book. Right. <laughs> some are not. Uh, actually, I can't remember... Do I say anything in the book about Dad and on the farm when he nearly cut his leg off? No, that's that's a small a short, short story on his yeah. writing. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did, um, and that really set them back a lot. Um, we used to, when I was a kid on the farm, we used to pick uh, raspberries and strawberries and pick up filberts. You don't pick filberts; you pick them up. Right. They're they're hazelnuts is what they are, and they drop to the ground, and that's how you know they're ready. And you sit down on the ground and pick them all up where you are, and then you scooch over and pick them up where you are. Start mingling. Yeah, and we, no, we didn't, we picked them up, we did that for money. Ah. That was how we earned money. Uh, we, we ate off the farm. The, the farm itself had acres and acres of fruit trees. 
of all types, apples and pears and peaches, and, and we even had a quince tree. Nobody eats quince. You make jelly out of them, but right. Mother thought it was cool. Um, we had geese and chickens and a cow and a horse and calves and pigs. And down over the hill at the behind the farmhouse was a little lake and, and wild things used to fly in there, and ducks and geese and whatnot. And, uh, you know... Now, this is in Washington? Yeah. And Dad used to, uh, you know, midnight food supply, go out and snag a few birds every now and then. And he sort of got around it. I don't think anybody paid any, you know, hunting people that didn't come around. Right. Had they, you know, he was one of the preachers at that point in the church. He was learning to be a preacher at that church, and, and so nobody would have bothered him. And he figured the poor son of a bitch is starving to death trying to feed his family. Let him get a bird or two, you know. Uh, but we lived off of off of the farm. What what didn't already grow there, mother grew and, and cultivated. And... Uh, but we, you still have to have money. Right. You know, uh, we had to rent a food locker for one thing because we didn't have any means of refrigerating and freezing uh, the pigs that dad would slaughter and, and cut up and, and, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, when whenever it was time for those kinds of things to be done, he would he'd slaughter the animal uh-huh. and then take it into the food locker. And the food locker guy would actually cut it into, you know, roasts and steaks and whatnot, oh, or chops okay. or whatever, wrap it all up and stick it in the food locker, and then you paid a monthly rental on the food locker, the frozen <coughs> food locker. Excuse me. And then when you wanted meat, you'd just go over to the food locker and open it up and get it out. You didn't have to buy it. You already owned it. Right. You just paid monthly rent on it, and I have no idea how much it cost. But you had to have some money for stuff like that, the rent on the food locker, Gasoline for the car, gasoline for the tractor. Well, actually, he borrowed a tractor, but he had to have money for the gasoline to run it, even though he was borrowing. Yeah, right. stuff like that. So, in order to have money for things that we couldn't grow or produce ourselves, we had our own milk and everything, but other stuff, electricity for the house and things of that nature. Um, then we kids also worked along with mom and with dad when it was necessary picking and doing whatever we could do in order to supplement you know, income, right. yeah you know, it was sort of an expanded farm style living arrangement honestly that sounds really fun it, I mean, it, I, I it understand was, it would be it a lot was. of hard work, but it sounded Well, fun. it was, as, as for kids, it was fun. See, that's the funny thing about being a kid, you know. It's like kids don't notice when it's real hot or real cold or the snow's real mm-hmm. deep. You know, they just have fun. Um, and I did. I enjoyed it. We, we went to school in a one-room schoolhouse. My brother and I both went to the same school. His, his class was a, a group of older kids mm-hmm. of varying ages and grades and then mine was the younger kids so it was, it was really a two-room schoolhouse and he used to hate the old guy that that taught the the older kids he used to, the guy had a ruler and used it <laughs> freely 
And of course, my brother was always the kind who got himself whacked with the ruler. He just, he never, he never could take anybody's word for much of anything. He always thought he knew more about anything than anybody else. And so he, he did not, he didn't work well with others. Mm. Uh, you know, but uh, that was the community we live in. It's a really small community. Right. You know, I mean, spread out over a huge area of farms. You know, so that was, that was Sarah. So anyway, uh, that sort of ends the letters. Um, well, one of the questions I actually have prepared for you because I know, you know, okay, is we've talked that S. A. D. Burbank is a a pin name, yeah, and I thought it'd be fitting for it being the final issue that you told everybody where where S. C. D. Burbank came, came from? from. Right. Oh well, that's easy. The S. <laughs> well, the S happened sort of. After the fact, but let's start with the Sadie Burbank part okay. because that's what it was to start with. Right. Sadie was Grandma's name, my mother's mother, and uh, she took care of me when uh, we still lived in California over on Peyton Avenue. I think some of the letters may be addressed to uh, Peyton Avenue. And uh, Mom and Dad were both working. Mother was still working for the City of Burbank. Dad was working at that time for Lockheed. Uh, it was during the early years of the war. Mm-hmm. I was born in 40, okay? And uh, they did not have things like daycare. Right. They had kindergarten, and I did go to kindergarten while we lived there. But before that, uh, during the daytime hours, Grandma took care of me. And uh, she was very, I was very, very close to her, very fond of her. Um, we did a lot together. I remember um, things like she had long, long hair, and in the afternoons, I caught her into taking her hair down, and she had a low-slung rocking chair, and she'd sit in the rocker, and I'd drape her hair over the back of the rocker and then brush it mm-hmm. by the hours. And she'd sleep. <laughs> it was great for her. Gave her a nap and gave me something to do. You know, she knew I was close by because I was brushing her hair. Um, I think I told you already. I think I told the listeners about painting Grandma's house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with water. And um, she used to read to me a lot. She One story in particular I remember her reading me was about this little church in the... In, I think it was either called the Little Brown Church or the Little Church in the Wildwood or something like that, a combination of it. And I can still remember the page. It was like a one-page story, and right in the middle of the page was this little tiny picture, about two inches square, of this little brown church. And I can remember sitting there looking at that picture while she'd read. And she had dentures, and her teeth clicked musically, sort of, while she read and spoke. And I was fond memories of that. And she also had um, hands very similar to mine. She had spots like those. And she got a, uh, what do they call those bumps that they get in their hands sometimes? It's a, got a special name for it. You whack them with a book to get rid of them. Not like it's thigh. No, it's a cyst. 
but it's got a certain name. And I, if you Google whack your hand with a book, it'll actually come up because I looked it up one time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> because that was the old-fashioned treatment for it was to whack it. And, and all that that did was to disperse the, the junk in the cyst. Right. You know, it popped it and, it, and it just kind of dispersed in the hand and it went away. Interesting. Yeah, doctors today just have a shit fit when you tell them, oh, I just whacked it with a book. <laughs> they don't like that at all. But anyway, um, I remember that about her hands. Uh, you know, it's funny the things that you remember in your mind's eye from when you were that little. Right. You know. Um, anyhow, Sadie was my grandmother, my maternal grandmother's first name. And we lived in Burbank. Right. And when I suggested it to you, I said, how about Sadie Burbank? You liked it. And to me, it had a, a just a nice flow. So to it, there yeah. you go. Well, then when I wrote Red Hills, um, when, when I was with Steve, mm -hmm. he had trouble with my name. Now, my, my Your real, real name. name was Mary Lynn. Right. Okay. Well, he either didn't like it or couldn't remember it or I don't know what. Anyhow, he called me. He started saying ML and that just sort of got stretched into Mel. Okay. So he called me Mel. Well, when I was writing the book, I didn't want to use the name Mel. Right. So, but I wanted to use something equally shortened and, and feeling sort of the same. So I came up with Sam for Samantha. Ah, that's right. I even forgot that. You forgot that. So then I didn't want to have Samantha Sadie Burbank, so I just dropped the Samantha part and put the S Sadie Burbank. So that's where the S came. And now S Sadie Burbank. Just and that rolls right off the tongue like, it, like I was born with it. And I have to tell you, sometimes I, I have to catch myself not calling me Sadie. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I use it a lot. Like, we'll go to restaurants or whatever, and they, they say, and the name is, I'll go Sadie. Because <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I'm not telling you a name, bitch. You know, I hate it when you go somewhere and they go, and what is your area code? Or what is, or not your area code, what is your zip code? You know? Right. Or, or what is your telephone number? Look, I just want to buy a screwdriver. I'm not going to give you my phone number. I'm going to pay cash, okay? You don't need my phone number. Yeah. And Ernie, he's so cool. You know, he'll just go, I thought, don't tell them our phone number. Well, they just need it for their thing. And I'm, yeah, and then I'm going to get phone calls from them trying to sell me screwdrivers. Don't go there. Anyway, so that's where the S. Sadie Burbank came from. And it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to lose. It's hard to, you know, it's just ingrained now. Well, yeah, especially after 20 weeks. Well, no, but I mean, even, you know, since since I started the book, the book, and, and it's just like that. Yeah, my name is S. Sadie Burbank. And so there you go. That's, I don't know, I, I, because if you actually go farther back than that, you originally wrote a children's story. I did. I did. I I wrote under the pen name, uh, so unique, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> when that book comes out, when the books come out, there won't be Grandma Sadie. Because that was actually the next step in, in the evolution of the name. It was you to actually, go Grandma Sadie? You went, yeah, it was supposed to go Grandma Sadie. Yeah. But I think at this point now, 
It should just be async for me. It probably will be. It, because you said everything I do now should be connected on that under that name. And so it probably will. And it's okay. It doesn't have to be grandma. The only reason I thought of grandma was because I thought, again, the, the first story, Orange Cat, is really geared to uh, the five-year-old or well, three, maybe three years old. Yeah, preschooler to a little older than that, depending on how much they can relate to the subject at hand. I know you said you read it to Jay and he liked it. Yes. Um, so, but then that was, what, five years ago? He was about that old. So yes. that was uh, an appropriate uh, timing. Now he's into you know, whole drama. Other, whole other world. He likes, he he likes, likes drama and action. And, and horror. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's like. good. That's all right. Make, we all make changes in what we like. Absolutely. So, but anyhow, it's it's uh, being that I wrote it for littler kids, the idea of it being written by grandma sort of appealed right to the process. You know, the like creative you, process. Yeah, because yeah, I always envision people reading it to children. You know, right either to a child or to a group of children or whatever pardon me and then they would say you know this story is by grandma and then the kids would all go ooh and everything but you know kids kids affinity for their grandparents is different than mine was I agree my my family was a multi-generational family living in the same house that's rare these days it's very rare for uh, grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads and kids to share the same house. Right. Well, this also in the generation that we're in, and I experienced this firsthand with my own kids, is the the term grandma, or even grandpa for that matter, is, is actually fading in this generation. It is. It is. There's a lot of nanas, yeah. for one, or, or papas, you know, or whatever kids call their grandparents right. these and, days. And that was the thing, is, is like, my mom did not want to be called grandma. Yeah, see, not... And so she's Nani. And then... And it really his, doesn't his, bother me. I kind of like being called grandma because that's what I am, but I'm a lot older than your mom, I think. I don't know, but yeah. it seemed to be. And... and You're about... I'm about I mean, ten years older than she is anyway, aren't Yeah, I? about... Because yeah. you're about... You're 15 years younger than my youngest. Or no, wait, you're 30 what? I'll be 36 next. 36, and Bob, Bob's like 46 or 47. Oh, okay. I should know that, shouldn't I? Well, anyway, he's one of those. And, uh, uh, God, my oldest one is approaching 50 rapidly. That's scary and shit. My mom turned 16 this year. Okay, see, and I'm 72, so, um, I don't mind being called a grandma. I have no illusions about the visual effect I have on people. Uh, I look pretty much like a... Although, when I tell people, I just did this the other day, it's so, it's so good for my ego. I was at uh, Walmart and uh, I bought a, uh, or had in my cart, this little squirt bottle for water. You know, and the stupid thing was like, what is that? Eight inches? Yeah. Or if you're an egotistical guy, 12. <laughs> uh, and a spray thingy on top of it. Like a spritzer bottle? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And, and uh, they were doing inventory that day. And I went up to 
near the checkout stands and a lot of the employees who couldn't be doing anything else because the inventory was going on kind of just hanging out and right. you know talking and whatnot so I, I held this thing up to this lady and gentleman that were standing there with a few other employees and I said is this the best thing you can do for a spritz bottle I said I want this for plants and he says, where'd you get that? Over in the Health and Beauty Aids? I said, yeah. And it was like 97 cents for this little stinking bottle. And it doesn't have enough. Well, I can spit more than this a whole, you know. <laughs> and so he said, this nice lady, I shouldn't say her name, but I do remember her name. Uh, she may not want her name spoken. Well, was she, is it a nice comment? It's a nice company, Walmart, but I mean, she may not want people to know she's there, you know. I wouldn't necessarily want people to know how to find me. Okay, you know. But anyway, this very nice lady, he said, she will go and find you another one over in the garden center. And I said, oh, that's not very nice of you. Why don't you go? (laughs) He says, because I have rank and she doesn't, or some silly answer like that, you know, jokingly. And I said, like, to her, I said, I really appreciate it because I, I said, I'm kind of on the old side and I don't walk real good anymore, you know, that far. And I've already walked all over the store twice looking for one. And she said, oh, you're not that old. And I said, I will be 73 in September. And she said, you will not. And I said, oh, yes, I will. I never would, you know, that's so good for my ego because I get told that a lot. Never would have guessed you at 73. And then just to really rub it in, when I checked out, this same subject came up with the lady who was checking me out. She was also a very nice lady. And uh, we said something about uh, being tired and wanting to go home or something. And I mentioned how old I was. And she says, no, you're 60. And I said, no, but thank you for saying so. And I walked out saying, oh, that's so good for my ego. I really like that. <laughs> Believe it or not, I've actually, when I, people, you know, I've talked to you and I said, you know, how old you are. They're like, no. Yeah, I know. I know. I get. I do get that a lot. But I, ha- I harbor no illusions, as I said, that that my appearance is anything other than at best sixty-ish. Okay, right. I can, and I'm happy with that. I, you know, I don't don't need to be forty anymore. Don't need to look like I'm thirty anymore. I'm totally cool with, you know. And if I lost sixty or seventy pounds, I might look at fifty age. Okay, I know because I'm heavy. I look older. But anyhow, um, I like being called grandma by my granddaughters, you know, and Ernie is grandpa, even though they're step-grandchildren right. for him, so to speak. I guess they are. I don't know. The children are stepchildren. Does that make their children step-grandchildren or just grandchildren? grandchildren. Yeah. So he's grandpa. Well, believe it or not. We got finally to the end, did we? Yes. Yes. Okay, well, I've babbled enough then, I guess. So I hope all of you have enjoyed this two-hour episode. Oh, it is two-hour. Oh, my God, it is. Oh, my God, it's almost time to go home and cook dinner. Uh, so real fast comments. Um, it will, we will be gone off air for maybe two to three weeks total just because I have to copyright the name, get it licensed, get uh, everything. I have to rebuild everything. Okay. So it's going to be okay. at least two to three weeks before we get back on the air. And then when we get back on the air, it's going to be us, but a totally different show. Yes. We're hoping. Yes, we hope. And 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 like I said at the beginning of the show, we don't learn from our successes. We learn from our mistakes. If it turns out that this is a mistake, 
we'll learn from it and we'll go on to something different. Maybe even back to when in Burbank. Who knows? I doubt it, but you know. Right. You know. And don't forget to send in your suggestions for topics for yes. us to tell you what we think about. To what we think at jaselmon.com. Right. You got it. I did it right. Got it. Right. And I also want to thank everybody for coming in and listening to us for the last 20 episodes. Yeah, me too. Um, I hope that we've grown as podcasters, you know, in, in that time. And I think, uh, for me, I definitely know that I have because even though while I still use, uh, I don't use it 72 times <laughs> like I did in the very first episode, <laughs> though you guys won't hear it because I edited it all out. So I, I do appreciate everybody coming in and I hope that everybody comes back in a couple weeks and, and enjoy the new show that we have. So for the final time, I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. And remember, kids, if you haven't been around for the last 20 episodes, then you have no clue that what happens in Burbank, well, it ended up on this podcast. and For the last time. For the last time. Good night, folks. Good night. <laughs>